my radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. This is Inside Sports. Tashi Mamla, the first South African to get 300 in a test match. Your country salutes you. Inside the news. Inside the updates. Assalamualaikum and very good evening to you. You're listening to Inside Sport, exclusive to the Voice of the Cape, where we cover all the latest news and chat to past and present sports stars as well. I'm your host, Firo Sheikh. My tech tonight is Nazim Peterson. We're talking football. My guest is the former Cape Town Spurs, Berea, Marsburg United, Glendeed and Santos striker, Keith America. But before I chat to Keith, let's catch up with the latest news as well. But just before that, we've got one announcement here. Uh, it says, I just want to congratulate my daughter, Rivka Sassman for being selected by the Head of Education to be a, a participant in a panel discussion with the Deputy Minister of Education celebrating World Teachers Day. Alhamdulillah, she's at Heidefeld High. Shukran, may Allah grant her to go from strength to strength. Amin. Congratulations there to Rifka. Now, the latest news coming through today. What an exciting day of sport we've had. Uh, some upsets as well. There were six matches in the Premier League today. Uh, um, good win for West Ham. They're upsetting Leicester. They're 3-0 at the King Power State. Southampton beating West Brom 2-0 Arsenal beat Sheffield United 2-1 Wolves beat Fulham 1-0 Tottenham Hotspur hammering Manchester United 6-1 Aston Villa Liverpool that's a late game that has just kicked off two minutes into that game Uh, still no goals there there was a double header in the IPL today as well the Mumbai Indians beat the Sunrisers Hyderabad by 34 runs in Sharjah chasing 209 to win Sunrisers were restricted to 174 for 7 Quinton de Kock made 67 there for Mumbai and the Chennai Super Kings, uh, well, they beat the Kings 11 Punjab by 10 wickets in the second game, chasing 179 to win the Super Kings wrong. Tom, they made 181 without loss from 17.4 overs. Faf Duplessis back in form, they 87, and a Shane Watson 83 and not out. Time now to say a very good evening to Keith America. Thanks for joining me tonight. Thanks for inviting me. Now, you can also join the conversation as well this evening. They can call 021-442-3530 or WhatsApp 072-238-0712 for any comments or questions that you may have for Keith. Now, Keith, let's start up with your early days. Now, I believe you grew up in a Q-Town. Is that where it all started for you? Yeah, it all started in Q-Town when I was still a youngster in the heart of the Cape Flats. Where I started as uh, as a player at Charlton FC, then then I moved to Aurora, and straight after that I became a professional footballer for Cape Town Spurs. Were you always a striker, Keith? Or you know, I ask that because every time all the guests that have been here, they never start off in the position that they eventually played off professionally. So I have to ask you as well: Were you always a striker? I wasn't really always a striker, but because I'm a prolific goal scorer, I was made a striker at the end of the day because we had very good central midfielders at that stage. And there was a vacant position, and I took it with both hands, and I became a prolific striker. Now, uh, Cape Town Spurs obviously was your first pro team. 
I spoke to uh, Calvin Peterson a couple of weeks ago. I think you guys were at the same trials, if I'm not mistaken. Um, well, is that correct, or how did you get your opportunity? No, um, it wasn't actually a trial, because if you remember that a lot of Cape Town Spurs players at that time moved over to the other side. Remember, we played in Federation, where mm-hmm. there's no normal sport and abnormal society. Then I've got an invite from Bobby Solomons. He said, hello, there's a vacancy for you. Come and join us. Let's see, let's see how, we, how we manage to get through. And I grabbed the opportunity with both hands, and I finished off being a player for Cape Town Spurs in 1979. How old were you at that time? I was about, I was just turning 18. Okay, so you were still a teenager and and uh, joining Cape Town Spurs as a professional. Now, um, it seems that you and Calvin Peterson clicked as a striking pair. You guys were called the Terrible Twins. Did you know each other before Spurs, or how did that partnership grow, or did it grow at Spurs only? It only grew at Spurs. I didn't know him from from a bar of soap. We just, um, it was a, like overnight. We just started clicking. We became friends. We became, became very close friends. Afterwards, we had the same hairstyles. We, had, we finished off the same kits. Every Saturday morning, our first priority was to go to Pepe de Santos for our hairstyle. Because he was a, he was a hairdresser in, in, in town. Mm. And that was our priorities. And uh, talk to us about some of the highlights for Spurs. Now, Spurs was a star-studded team. Of course, you guys dominating a federation football day. Talk to us about some of those players and some of the highlights. Yo, we had fantastic players. Um, the late uh, Charlie, Charles, Charles Bukas was at, the, at, at pullback. We had Booby Solomons coaching the team and also captain of the team. We had Colin Solomons. Oh, we had Farouk Abrams. There's such a lot of players that you can't um, you can't get to the names as we go along. Mm. But we had a, we had a great team, and the first year playing professional, I won the league with Cape Town Spurs, and that was a that was a great achievement. Seeing that we the team was was basically broken, and we put it together with say basically about ten to twelve new players coming in from the Cape Flats. And that's where the dedication was, and everybody played their part, and we were very successful. Now, there's something I need to ask you. When I chatted to Calvin, he shared share the story that you once said to the defender that, uh, look at this number, I think it's with number nine at your, on your back, and you're going to be chasing this number the whole game. Were you always that type of player that liked to get you know, into the defender's face, so to speak? Like you, like you rightfully said, I was still a teenager at that time, yeah. and I was taught. I was taught by Bobby Solomons and also Charles Bukas, Charlie Batat, they called him, yeah. that don't let them intimidate you. Now, before they came up with the story, I started, hello, you're going to dream about me. <laughs> and that's how they got frustrated. I used to get, not like today was diving and whatever, in the, we watch TV nowadays. Um... I took them to the penalty to the penalty area and I got hacked down, <laughs> Mr. Ref. Then I always got the laugh, laugh the last laugh mm. because they get frustrated and because they feel intimidated that a lighty come and tell me mm. what's this number. Yeah. No, fantastic. Now, uh, we've got a lot of comments coming through for, on social media, and we will mention some of those comments as well. But I got a comment here from uh, Sally Adams, your former teammate. Uh, he, say, he says, 
Keith is a very intelligent footballer. He was a player who could inspire his teammates with his brilliant individual skills and talent and frustrate opponents with his creative personality on the field. Please ask Keith to elaborate on the nicknames. Bolly, Twenties and Hockey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we were basically, basically the three of us. Every weekend, after every game, after every training, we used to visit um, Bobby Solomon's house when he stayed in um, at Clover Crescent. And that was our names given by his late mother. I was uh, Bolly, and his twin was was uh, Calvin, and Sally was Hochi. Because she couldn't really remember our names, and she... She baptized us with these names. <laughs> oh, lovely, lovely. Now, uh, when Spurs was sold or closed, you, like many of the uh, players from the Cape, uh, made the great trek to KZN. Uh, was that an easy decision for you? Uh, you? Obviously, you played for Berea there in Maritzburg United, but the whole lot of you came down to KZN. Uh, was it an easy decision to make? It was an easy decision at that stage. Uh, remember before I, I left Cape Town Spurs? Well, before I joined Bria, I managed to get a trial with Frank Lord. He was at Hereford in London at that time. I managed through a, another businessman in, in Cape Town. He afforded us the opportunity to go to London for trials, and we went on trial for, for, for Hereford. I think at that stage they were a second division team. The trial to an extent was successful, but because of the no normal sport in abnormal mm. society and that time it was uh, work permits and mm. all these type of things like now you must play for the country I don't know how many games and this yes. that and the other and unfortunately we could only spend a month at Hereford even though they were very much interested in our services and while still in London I received a call from Don Moodley to my surprise I said what's happening here mm. In the meantime, they were negotiating with um, the late Mr. Barchis. That time it was the Western Province Board running Cape Town Spurs. And they got they got through to us in London. I don't know how, but they managed to get hold of us. And they said, we're interested. And as soon as you land in Cape Town, we need to set up a meeting, this, that, and the other. And we got to Cape Town. And after after our finish, finishing our trial in London, we met up with the with, with the Berea guys. The offer was great. I mean, at Cape Town Spurs at that time, it wasn't about the money, but we basically got paid about a hundred rand a month. At and Spurs. At Spurs, yeah. Mm. And as soon as Berea stepped in, they gave they offered us a thousand rand. Wow. And I felt I felt like a millionaire. Mm. I grabbed the offer with both hands because even though I was still schooling, I had to make a decision. I said, football is my life. I want to be a pro footballer. I can still, I can still carry on with um, with studies as we go along. And I made the decision with the with the assistance of I was uh, staying at my granny at that time. She gave me her blessings, and I left for Durban. I finished up at Berea. And I wasn't sorry for making those decisions to become a professional footballer. Now, who were the other guys that you mentioned? You said we. Who were the other guys that went with you on trial to Hereford? Myself and Calvin Peterson, my terrible twin. <laughs> so That's why I said to you earlier, we're inseparable. <laughs> Whatever he, wherever he goes, I must go. <laughs> so if it wasn't for apartheid, you guys would have most probably be playing in England. 
Definitely, yes. Now, I must say, you know, when we, uh, as Durbanites, you know, we, we, we used to watch you guys at Curry's Fountain and, of course, uh, Cape Town Spurs dominating. I remember seeing that 1980 final when you guys beat Manning Rangers. Um, when we got the news that uh, you guys were coming to Durban, you know, for us, it was like all these stars are coming uh, to Durban and the Brea fans and Marinsburg United fans were excited. I'm sure you must have had that feeling as well because the fans really looked up to you guys. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, coming back to uh, what you said, the Manning Rangers final, that was one of one of the greatest games I've ever witnessed or ever ever played in, because we were down one 0 and Bubi came up to me. Bubi said, "Kita, we must do something about it. We're the better team. We can't let them get the better of us." And that's the time because they had more experienced players, and they were kicking us. They were. They were chaffing uh, us, like they normally say in, in, in Durban. And I managed to, to score the equalizer, and we went on to win the game 2-1. And obviously, as you know, for as as you know, being a Durbanite, the Curry's Fountain was packed. Yeah, absolutely. And you couldn't leave that, you couldn't leave that stadium, even though you tried to run away. <laughs> that's, that's how exciting it was, playing... At Curry's Fountain, the mecca of Federation football. Mm. Now, uh, Keith, obviously um, from Bria, then why the move to Maritzburg United? There was, again, there was financial incentives. Uh, At that time, at that time, like I said, at Bria under 1,000, Maritzburg came up and they prepared, they were prepared to double it. I mean, so back then that was a lot of money. It was a hell of a lot of money. And then after making the decision going to Marisburg, remember that time, you should know, um, because my wage bill, I was a, there was a backlog of my wage bill, I decided the boss must buy me a XR3. That's where I came out <laughs> with a brand new now, XR3. Was, <laughs> I was going to mention that one just now. You answered that for me already. A powder blue XR3, am I correct? That's correct, Now, yes. I'm saying this because I was one of the very few lucky ones who got to see you. And, of course, you came up. You brought Ibrahim Jacobs up with you, all right? And you guys lived in the same area that we grew up in, in Overport. That's correct. You guys yeah. boarded there. That's how we got to know you guys. And, of course, Ibrahim, I was fortunate enough to be coached by him in the junior team at Derby United. And that's when I want to speak to you about that blue XR3. You were, you were guys were like stars driving in that blue XR3 with the music uh, thumping there, Keith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, that time, that time, when, and um, thanks to Coach, um, coach Booby at that time, reggae was, w- was the main thing at that time. And he made us, at that time it was CV, um, CDs, and he gave us a whole lot of CDs. When we got to Durban, especially the beachfront, <laughs> we made the beachfront, the beachfront rock with our, with our music. And with the XL3, with the windows rolled down, and the boot opening up, and the music was rocking. Now, uh, let's talk about the grounds. Like all the previous guys had mentioned, you played obviously at Athlone Stadium, Curry's Fountain, and um, Maritzburg was Nortdale. We went up to Johannesburg, uh, Watson Park in Tongard for Crusaders. Uh, talk to us about the atmosphere in those grounds. I mean, some of those grounds were very small, intimate, and the crowd really got into your faces as, as footballers or even as the opposition. 
Athlon Stadium being the home, they, we always had fantastic supporters. But being away from home, it's like being at home, especially Curry's Fountain and North Tail. The way the 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 way the passionate, the way the uh, the supporters were passionate, and they were they were so close to their teams, and the way they inspired you as an individual, and then for us as a team, ir- ir- irrespective of where we came from. Um, we always um they always boosted us and we wanted to do our best and that's how we that's basically how we grew up also the more people inspire us mm. the better we become and the more we put in to get the result mm. and what about the other grounds what was it like playing at curry's fountain for a final you you mentioned that 1980 final i don't think there's any other better venue even though it's it's, there's only one small stand, mm-hmm. but the atmosphere was electric. I don't think there's a better even F and B wouldn't have been can't beat Curry's Fountain when we talk about atmosphere and what the supporters put in at that time. No, absolutely. I'm going to read a few of the uh, comments coming through on Facebook here, Keith. Uh, Peter. Uh, uh, Andrew Lishing says a superstar. Vernon Langenhoven says a Cape legend. James Jefter says Q-Town superstar, one of many. Proudly Q-Town, broad and pre- born and bred. Uh, Sean Dalton says a magic. Uh, and he also says, remember the club issue with Calvin? Come again? Remember the club issue with Calvin? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell us about that. I think the club issue was, uh, I don't know if he's referring to the incident that Calvin had with, um, I can't come to his name now. I can't come to his, I think he played for Sundowns or whatever. It was a big issue. I can't come to his name. He's a left footer. Mm. Unfortunately, I won't be able to elaborate on that one. Okay, Ismail Sunday says he was a brilliant player. Um, Andrew Naya says, what a player. The FPL was a top league. Uh, Ismail also says, I had the honor to play against him in a walking football match. The touches are still there. Um, and uh, Narain Apure says, one of the brilliant strikers who play in the Federation. He was a joy to watch. Thanks for the memories. Those are some of the uh, comments coming through on the one group. We'll chat about the other comments just now. But... It must be special for for fans and and fellow footballers to still remember the good old days and and the memories obviously hasn't gone away. Obviously, yes, and I'm 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 very thankful that people still remember us. Remember, we were we were at Federation were the forgotten souls because nobody really worried about us. But without mm. without playing normal sport in abnormal society we couldn't play we couldn't play in the world cup mm. because fifa didn't allow uh, south african football and that's why i stuck I, I stuck to my guns because why that's um th- that was my fight all the years mm. to we can't no normal sport in abnormal society and like i said even though i had many uh, offer it was there was Durban city there was push box at that time there was some um, African Wanderers and all those type of uh, clubs at at that time, mm. and I wasn't interested because what's a, what, what's the use? You're enjoying yourself on the field, but you can't go sit in the same bar mm. or jump into the same car w- w- with your fellow teammates because that's how heavy the apartheid laws was. 
Yeah, look, and we have to admire you guys for taking the stand. I mean, in all sporting codes, football, cricket, netball, whatever code it was for you guys to take that stand through the Sackos banner, it's absolutely uh, brilliant. Some other comments coming through from your co- former coach, Bobby Solomons, one of the best strikers the uh, Cape has ever produced, just born a little too early. He says, Kevin Valentine, you played with him as well. Captain Keith America, what a footy player. Abu Khan, says, what a player. Saw him many times at Curry's Fountain. Stan Andy Governor says, hi, Keith. How's you uh, keeping well? Of course, Gora Ibrahim as well. You would have played with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome striker. Sunny Pillay, uh, the Karateka. Top footballer gave us thrilling moments at uh, Curry's Fountain. So the, the comments is just... Uh, flowing through here so it's absolutely brilliant uh, Keith to see that these guys actually um, still remember the uh, what you guys have done on the field um, let's talk about coming back now obviously after Bria and Maritzburg you weren't there long and then you make the move back to Cape Town first with Glendine and then Santos uh, that's correct yes um, it all started basically uh, I came back to Bria after after having a stint with Marisburg because at that stage about seven to eight players came from Cape Town to join Marisburg at that time and it was another issue there was I felt at that stage there was too many Cape Townians and I had to make a decision not that I was scared of my position or anything and it was also it became a financial issue also mm. so I had a chat with uh, the then Mana governor and he offered me another contract coming back to come back to Berea, which I which I grabbed with both hands. I think myself and, and Ibrahim Jacobs, we went back to Berea and Calvin Calvin and Sally stayed on. And after a season at Berea, then I got approached uh, by Gulam Ali. No, sorry, it was before it was uh, uh, Petty Dolly. Petty Dolly was with Cape Town Spurs at that time, and then. He was busy with Glendine, and I joined Glendine after having a stint um, with Bria again, and that's how I finished off back in Cape Town. Fantastic. We're t- uh, talking to Keith America, uh, if you just uh, tuned in. We're going to take a quick break, uh, ad break, and we come back, we'll continue our uh, discussion. This is Inside Sports. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back. You're listening to Inside Sport, exclusive to the Voice of the Cape. My name is Feroz Sheikh, and my guest tonight is the former Cape Town Spurs, Bria Maritzburg United, Glendine and Santos striker, Keith America. Now, Keith, I need to ask you your highlights with Berea and Maritzburg. I know Maritzburg, when you guys made the trek up there, you did uh, pretty well. Uh, you haven't didn't win the league, though, at Maritzburg, but quite a few cups that you had taken. I mean, those must be special highlights as well for you. Yeah, uh, vitally important. We we brought some silverware to Marisburg, and we actually we got the people in Marisburg interested in football because afterwards the uh, Northdale Stadium was packed. Everybody enjoyed the football, and we finished off. Uh, even though our house was in 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 Durban, we finished off spending weekends in Marisburg, mm. parading the towns and stuff <laughs> like that. And being uh, treated like real stars, right? Definitely. We were treated like heroes <laughs> at that time. 
No, absolutely. I can remember that because like, like I said earlier, you know, when we heard you guys are coming up to Durban, was, and we can relate it now to football watching now. You know, when you, for example, when you saw Gareth Bale arriving at Spurs, all the fans, I mean, it was a similar thing, you know, just in a different era. When you hear the likes of Keith America, Farouk Abrams, uh, Kevin Valentine, Calvin Peterson, all of them coming from Cape Town Spurs to, to Durban, it was like, wow, these stars are coming here and they're going to be playing here. And of course, a lot of them took you guys uh, to heart and uh, they really became fond of you guys. I got another message here coming from Mark uh, Barter's massive work ethic you had. It shows today putting back into that uh, into the game. We'll come back to that discussion there. Um, I need to ask you, uh, we mentioned it a little bit earlier on. Any regrets, uh, Keith, uh, like so many of the sportsmen and women who played under the SACOS banner, you could also, like you said, you could have moved across if there was no apartheid. I'm sure uh, you, like many other footballers, uh, even cricketers and other sports uh, personalities who played under that banner, could have had the opportunity of representing your countries. And looking back now, uh, you know, we way down into uh, uh, the new South Africa, but I mean, is there any regrets to say, ah, if I was just born a little bit later or if we had those opportunities at the time? If you look back now, is there any regrets? I won't say I regret it. Okay, it, it was financial gains playing on the other side. There was a, there was a lot of gains, but at the end of the day, I'm not sorry because at that at at that time, uh, the Secos under for falling under the Secos banner, at that time was like, if you go on the other side, it's like you're selling your mother. Mm-hmm. That was a, that, that was the attitude and that was a basically a slogan that people used, mm-hmm. that you're selling you're selling out your own people mm-hmm. to go and go and assist the white man on the other side, and 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 that was the attitude mm-hmm. and. I was I, w- I was a staunch believer when it came to following the Secos um, following the Secos banner, and I doubt I'm regretting it. I doubt I'm regretting. Like I said, the only the only difference they didn't play better football, but the only difference was they had all the sponsorship, they had all the money, but the glamour the glamour was like I said like I said to you earlier the the, the glamour was going to Curry's Fountain and see how the ardent fans as appreciating a good football irrespective of who they supporting on the yeah. day they enjoyed good football and that was that was an eye-opener for me as a soccer player yeah and they loved you guys as well um, at what age did you decide to hang up your boots I'm gonna tell you a word of a lie if I must tell you exactly which age at, at what age I retired mm. because when I finished pro football I in the meantime, while whilst playing pro football, I went into coaching. I went in. I did a couple of courses in coaching, and after hanging up my boots, basically as a pro footballer, it doesn't mean that I hang, that I hung up my boots completely. I first went as a coach to Trinitarians in Elsie's River. It took me about half a, half a year to make up my mind, and. Then I started putting on my boots and I became a player coach at Trinitarians. And I can say, I can proudly say with a smile on my face that we managed to uh, swipe the board in the Western Cape and we got promotion to the then um, first division because we had a, we had a, a federation top team, at, uh, the pro team, and then we had the first division. And Trinitarians was 
successful in getting promotion to the first division like the Glad Africa is today, that's how we succeeded in achieving that that goal. And it was fantastic for me as a coach. And I stuck, I stuck, I stuck to my guns as far as that is concerned. And I felt if I can't play football, let me rather give back because my passion mm. is to is to see people prospering and achieve something out of what they put in. Now I've got a message here from Ridwan who says, uh, Salam, one of the true Cape legends after the terrible twins. We never till today hasn't got a deadly finishes as Keith and a partner. I suppose he's talking about uh, Calvin, Calvin Peterson. Yeah. yeah. I think also I, I need to mention, you know, as, as, as youngsters, you know, when you guys were in, in Durban, and it was great to see you guys also join the local teams. I don't know if you can remember, I'll take you back to uh, the amateur team called Derby United, when you guys used to come and give back your time at uh, Kenfield Grounds, if you can remember that. Now, us as 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 uh, kids, teenagers, we were in awe of you guys to see you know, these stars that is turning out at Curry's Fountain on, on a weekly basis, coming and giving back and training with amateur players. So that was something special as well. You guys didn't have to do that, but you did that. The, like I said earlier, um, it's something you love. I've got a passion for that. Where I can assist, I'll always throw everything in to see that people that need assistance and they get the necessary help. And because why everybody is striving to achieve something in life, and because I've I've been given the opportunity, I always got that in my mind that I wanna I wanna plow back into the game itself that brought me where I am today. No, fantastic. Uh, Keith, we're just going to take a quick ad break. Now, when we come back, we'll continue our discussion. This is Inside Sports. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back. It's just gone at 10 minutes to 9. I'm Firo Sheikh, and my guest tonight is uh, Keith America. Now, Keith, let's talk about your coaching uh, career. Um, Obviously, like many footballers, coaching was your passion. You went to, into uh, coaching. Some of the major roles you've played so far, which were your, your, your big roles that you've been uh, part of in terms of coaching? Um, developing players is basically my main objective as a coach because that, like I said earlier, because of the passion, that is what gives me satisfaction to see youngsters achieving their goals if we, if I talk about players that achieve their goals, I'm talking about the Fakhri Lakays, I'm talking about the Wayne Aronses, I'm talking about Ikram Reynes. It's all players that came through the development system at Santos. And I'm proud to say that I was part and partial of their well-being, achieving what they are achieving today. Now, of course, you you were uh, for many years part of Santos in the coaching setup, and you mentioned these players that came obviously through your your hands, and it's a very proud moment. They, these players are currently playing professionally. I know Fakhri Lakay is playing for Cape Town City. Uh, the other two names you you've mentioned, Wayne Arons is at um, Mamelodi Sundowns at the moment. There's also Elizar Rogers that's at Ajax. Ikram Reynes is at Stellenbosch. He's one of the prolific uh, goal scorers. And like I said, that is what makes me proud. Money can't replace making, seeing what other players achieve 
through your assistance as mm-hmm. a coach or through your help as a coach no fantastic and obviously you 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 You've you've got something in the in the pipeline and stuff like that in terms of uh, uh, expanding your your coaching uh, ventures as well. That's coming along sometime soon. Yeah, what I'm busy basically because of the coronavirus and because of the setback and football is being put on hold. I decided to go oh, one-on-one private coaching, and to my amazement, it's slowly becoming successful and uh, players or youngsters are pitching up and they are rocking up to come and join us because why like i said um, because of the corona there's no there's no sport and obviously it becomes frustrating for kids and as i said earlier my passion is football and develop and promoting youngsters and i went into i went into that because I needed to put money on the top, need to put food on the table. So I went into that venture and I'm not sorry that I made that decision to assist, especially where I can, as far as youngsters is concerned. No, absolutely. Keith America, we firstly must say uh, all the best to you in your coaching venture. I hope it goes from strength to, uh, to strength. And thank you, thank you once again for accepting my invitation tonight and chatting about your playing days because you are really a, a legend of the game, a federation uh, star uh, for the, all the teams you've played for. And once again, uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for inviting me. I'm always available. <laughs> well, that was uh, Keith America chatting to us uh, this evening. I hope you enjoyed another edition of Inside Sport. I'll be back with more sporting news on the drive time from Monday to Friday. From Ifiro Sheikh, have a lovely evening. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is Inside Sport.